Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Oh, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty of the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Et Dog VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and welcome Et Dog and mate. Nice looking hat you got there. Oh, it's not bad, is it, mate? One of our two that we received from our good friends at uh, the USAFL. Yeah, uh, very nice. Send a couple of hats. And, 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 you know, really nice letter as well. You know, thanking us for the work that we've done to promote the game across there. And um yeah, as I was sure. It's good to know we're appreciated. So I was about to say it's, it's nice to know that uh, you know, not everybody seems to want to you know um, advertise what their clubs are doing, but you know, it's good to see that around the world that some certain places are happy to you know, appreciative appreciative and you know, of what we've done for Mate, the game we, in their countries. We can't even get any, any appreciation from our own club, let alone anywhere else. So it's oh, good actually that- now you say that that's actually led me in. I was. I mean, what to tell you this sort of uh, during a good a good hour <laughs> ramble session plan, but I'm like, no, no, I'll I'll tell you when we get on to get your your uh, reaction. So as you know, next Monday night, a week from tonight, is our hundredth episode. We've got the bear trap on. I lined him up. The bear trap is it messaged me, and it says he sent his package. He sent us a nice little parcel for you and me that's going to be shipped to here, and Kelly's going to drop it off to you for us to open on the air. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not too sure what it is. It could be a bit dangerous, but he's I feel like maybe the bear trap may be appreciative of what we've done for the club. So he's actually going to send us he's sending us a gift to uh open live when we record next Friday night for the hundred uh, for the hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah, that's it's nice of him, but I am hesitant being that I did beat him in the cover bowl. And he so... probably shouldn't have mentioned that because I reckon he might have forgot. Yeah. <laughs> right, my... Hey, like my presence gonna be fantastic. Cause I uh, made him avoid you in the first round. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But no, uh, so when I messaged when I you told me that I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. But uh, it's nice to know that you know, something's coming our way for what we've done from yeah. within our club. But um, nice. But you know, it has mate, actually quite comfortable. I'm not much, you know, I'm not much of a bent peak, uh, non-fitted guy. But these are actually very, very comfortable hats. I wore it for a walk the other day. Yeah. So also, I think yeah. Hopefully you you'll even get a few people going USAFL. What the hell is that? And we can just steer them to our Cobra Cast, and they can Excellent. go check out, learn all about all the clubs all over in the states. And mate, we've got two more line, you know, two more US clubs to learn about before we do wrap up with our hundreds. Yeah, so, you mentioned sorry, you, go, you mentioned about we can direct them to USAFL Wednesday night in the intro. I'm going. We're going to run through. Changes that will be made across media platforms and social media and the podcast when we come back uh, in the middle of January. In the January, I was going to bring it up in the hundredth episode, but I've realised that's just far too jam packed. We don't have time to run through that stuff. But now, 
got two more, more USA files. I went back today over the last oh, two weeks. I've been listening back to old episodes just to um jog my memory and a few things. And I'll tell you what, mate, I completely forgot that we used to do these 10 minute rambling intros about what's what's in that country. I I completely forgot that we, you know, we'd sit there. For, I would sit there for half hour, pull these things up, get them to you, put them up, get them to you. Then the one day where I've gone, Rift, I need your hand. You've gone, fuck this. We ain't doing this ever again. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought it was, I completely forgot about that type of stuff. Mate, it, that took a life of its own. We were spending more time learning about these different places than we were interviewing the people. And, you know, we were going to some pretty different, unique locations and, when their biggest celebrity was a YouTube star that nobody's ever heard of over this side, I thought hey, this is getting a bit ridiculous. So um, we, we put a, put an end to it, but our good friends from Richmond RVA, RVA line. So Richmond, Virginia, um, they're only just come across our episode and started listening to them. So they, they thought we were still doing it. So they thought, They'd help us out and give us some facts on their own town and their own, you know, place of uh, training and games and stuff. And so Darren was very prepared and, and gave us some facts. So how's this for some uh, history, mate? The ground that they train at is at a school. And this school is one of the first locations where they had integrations after the civil rights movement. So the integration of whites and blacks going to school together, which is... Now, before you go, I remember, I say I forgot because I'd listened back to episodes before we recorded these the other day. And then when Darren mentioned it, I was a bit like, oh, it's incredible to think that. I remember him going, oh, I'm not too sure you know, you're going to care about some of these. He told me that one. And as you know, I'm a, I'm a very big uh, into history of the um, Civil War and segregation and that type of stuff. And I was just like, man, I've got to get myself across to uh, Richmond, Virginia and go train with them just to set his history. Yeah, it's like, you know, one of our favorite movies and many of us at the clubs is Remember the Titans. And, you know, that's part of that, you know, a school that um, was part of that integration and stuff. And, um, yeah, to, to know that they're training at a ground in a, in a location that has that kind of history to it is pretty amazing. Also, um, oh, the principal of that school or former principal, I think was is the father of Shirley MacLaine and Warren Beatty, famous actor and actress. Um, I don't know if, how many Warren Beatty movies you're across, but you know, he's... to be, to be fair, I could be across a few. Of them. I just don't know about them. What's... Um, but while you're looking that up, so a more recent, What's you know, name, name again, sorry. I just want to Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, more recent actress is uh, Constance Wu. She's from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, she's from Fresh Off the Boat and uh, what is it? The Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Um, and mate, Russell Wilson. He's also from Richmond, Virginia. So I'll tell you what, he hasn't helped Dinger out much in the Cobra Bowl. Uh, mate, he, he helped him get up there, though. He had a few few big weeks um jackie bradley a big uh, baseball player and jason mraz and i don't know if you're across jason mraz's music but mate, he sings that song i'm yours it's probably there probably hasn't been a wedding since that song come out that hasn't featured that song at at some point in the day so um yeah some some famous people there from uh, richmond virginia 
wasn't also with the uh, the Jason Mraz wasn't drug my memory, but didn't he say that yes, one of his uh, songs was film clip was filmed film on the clip was porch? was filmed on the uh, balcony or porch, porch yeah, of his partner's of, house of his missus um, apartment that she yep. lived at when she was in Richmond, Virginia. There, and that, so, and yeah. that was Ian. That that wasn't that wasn't Dazza. Dazza wasn't Dazza, you know, Jason no, no. Mraz with his missus. It was Ian, the other Ian. person. Yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, he's, yeah, got a little connection to it. You know, every he can jump on YouTube and watch the the um, the film clip to the song and uh, film that he's. You see, you know where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, USAFL week, mate. Dazza is a big, uh, is a very big part of the forty-five thousand, which we've spoken about. The Kraz has um, put together. Now I've just realised I've got a detour. Before, um, before that, Birmingham Bush Rangers, Rifty. Now we spoke to them a few weeks ago. Spoke to Joel Dixon. Yep. Um, they are now officially a member of the USAFL. Ah, it's great to hear. Awesome. So when we spoke to them, it was they were still the works. I was still working it all out. Uh, as of, I think maybe last week or two weeks ago, officially Birmingham Bush Rangers are the newest member of the USAFL. It's a shame they couldn't keep that original Bush Ranger logo they had. They've had to change it up a little bit, but now. I remember, did, could, I couldn't understand quite why Bush Ranger, that, that logo had an issue. And then I was looking up uh, stuff today for um, other stuff that we're doing for certain things. And I come across a, that is the, holding the star up that the Bush Ranger had. The statue in, in Birmingham, I'm going to feel maybe that might be something that maybe isn't, I remember he said it doesn't quite relate with everybody and there's a few. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't. Yeah, I think the Bush Ranger, the sort of idolization we have for Ned Kelly over here is a little bit lost in the US. And to be honest, I don't really know why we idolize. Yeah, Ned it's a bit Kelly creepy. Anyway, but... yeah, we, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, it's, it's amazing that we are, uh, we love a, a criminal, but hey. Yeah, but that's, we're a bunch of criminals in Australia. We're all convicts, yeah. apparently. So anyway, back to what I'm getting at 45,000, <laughs> mate. They've, uh, we spoke to Dazzle for uh, a little while after the chat. He was going on about, mate. The current projects they've got in the works, right? You, you, you got a couple of minutes to spare to let me run you through them. Current projects at the five forty-five thousand are currently running in Alabama, in Birmingham. They've got the USAFL team website development happening. Excuse me. In Arizona, uh, Tucson, 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 Arizona. You got the social footy get together project. Uh, in Florida, Fort Myers social footy get together project. Uh, Naples, 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 Naples. You at USAFL team development. They're trying to work on a team out in that part of the world. Uh, an Oz Kick program in bloody Orlando. Um, school program in Venice. Um, in Georgia and Augusta, they've got a, a AFLS Social League footy in Savannah. They've got a Savannah, which uh, Savannah is one of Crash's teams, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's. Started twenty, hasn't he? So I'm pretty probably. sure Savannah's one of his teams. Uh, the Savannah. USAFL team sponsorship presentation uh, in in New Jersey, where the my mighty Devils are from, in Freehold AFLS Social Metro Footy, South Carolina in Greenville, they got AFLS Social Footy League and USAFL team development. In Texas, they got Austin North Youth, yeah, Youth Development Program, Virginia Norfolk and Hampton Footy. Social social footy get together in Richmond, Virginia, where we're heading today. They've got our AFLS social footy development 
and in Wisconsin, the home of the Wombats uh, in Darlington. We've got Parks and Rec Youth Parks and Rec Youth Soccer School Clinics. Oh, sorry. Parks and Recreational Youth School Clinics and Saturday Footy League. Yeah. That's all that that's all the projects that forty five thousand are currently working on. Buddy, that's mate. We thought we were working on a lot of stuff. It's nothing compared yeah. to what they're doing. They're doing great stuff. Right, before we get into it, while we're chatting about America, um, remember when we spoke to the Dallas Dingoes back in May, I think it was, and we spoke to James and Zach. Remember the guy that uh, told you that if you ever come to Dallas, he can give you free tickets to a Cowboys game in a box seat, and I've never seen you smile so much and then being disheartened so quickly when you realized oh, it's probably going to happen. Now, I, I could be wrong. I, it could be something different, but I'm pretty sure that uh, James has moved across and is now trying to start up the North Texas Devils. Oh, nice. So another Texas team. So I'm actually hoping to get him on the, uh, the podcast when we get back in after Christmas to speak about, you know, how it's going and why the move and all that type of stuff. But Honestly, feel like you know, not a bad thing to have more clubs in your area. If you've got enough players there, if you've got enough players there, can field more than one team. Why not you know, have a few more teams? You know, as we learnt with um, uh, the the giant, it was the Copenhagen Giants. Yep, the Copenhagen Giants and the Farm Cats, and then just last week the Glasgow Giants, with the Glasgow Sharks. You know, had enough for two teams, so they made two clubs, and it's actually made the league better. So. Yeah, I mean, and the, the more clubs that pop up, like you got populations that are untapped, don't you? So exactly right. The more people that are spread out, you know, like you might be an hour this way, an hour that way, whatever. You start getting more players that start to see the game and get involved, and you're just gonna, you know, eventually they'll get to hit that uh, five thousand people uh, playing or participating in the game in some some shape or form. And to be perfectly fair as well, they say nothing's bigger than Texas, do they not? Well, maybe nothing's bigger than footy in Texas. And they need the more clubs, the more people involved. And in real, I feel like Texas, out of all the places in America, with my very, very vast knowledge of America, I feel like Texas would be the one that would probably draw the most people to Aussie rules. I feel like that sort of... You know, yeah. They, they love their Friday night football over there. The, the high school football in uh, in Texas is pretty bloody crazy. So, mate, if they get even a quarter or a smidgen of that passion for the game over in uh, Texas, mate, you'll be they'll be laughing. So, but mate, we've 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 taken enough of the time. We'll uh, we'll see you again Wednesday night for um, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Right. Right. Who are we chatting to besides Dazza? Uh, Daz and Ian, um, yeah, from the RVA, so Richmond, Virginia Lions. Um, yeah, enjoy this one. You'll learn all about their history and, and why they chose the Lions over the Tigers and all that great stuff. Uh, so enjoy this one, and we'll see you Wednesday for the Arizona Outlaws. Outlaws. All right, today we have Darren and Ian joining us from the Richmond RVA Lions. Thanks for joining us, guys. G'day, fellas. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, now, it's our pleasure, mate, uh, guys. Uh, let's get stuck straight into it and learn about how you guys come across Aussie Rules over in Richmond. Uh, if you want to go first, Darren, and sort of share your story, how you came across Aussie Rules over there. All right. Well, um, again, thanks for having us aboard. Uh, we really appreciate what you guys are doing for uh, for footy uh, globally and, uh, and uh, 
giving us a little a little moment to uh, to feel part of the, the brotherhood uh, worldwide. I'm um, obviously an Aussie. Uh, I moved across to the States in 2005, came over here for a short-term uh, working vacation and ended up uh, meeting my wife here and now it's become a permanent gig. So uh, I have been based in Richmond, Virginia for much of that time and uh, about 12 months ago, 18, well, two years ago now we decided to start a club and um, that's what we did. Um, a lot more details behind that, but that's the that's the broad brush. Yeah, right. So it's only fairly new club then. Yeah. Uh, so how about you, Ian? How did you get involved with uh, the the footy over there? Yeah, I. Um... So I uh, grew up. Here in the States, I uh, played pretty much every sport under the sun, uh, you name it, hockey, soccer, wrestling, lacrosse, tennis, skiing, snowboarding, everything. And then um, after I graduated high school, I uh, moved to Australia on a gap year. Um, and I, I went to Geelong Grammar School uh, to work as a math and outdoor education assistant. And in the footy mad state of Victoria, um, all the kids that I was teaching uh, wrote me right in and I ended up uh, kind of running all of their practices as a supervisor, which was just mainly me kicking the footy around with them every day. Um, when I, when I got off the plane, I had a couple days in Melbourne. The first thing I ended up doing was going to the G and watching a Hawthorne Richmond match. Um, and uh, from there with a meat pie in my hand and a, and a beer in the other one, it was, it was love at first sight. That's uh, that is love at first sight, isn't it? That's uh, mate, you can't get much better than a, a night out, the G, with a pie, a beer, and, and a good game of footy going on. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I was kind of in the upper deck, and I had some bogans up there just kind of teaching me the ropes and telling me what was going on, and I just couldn't get enough of it. It was a, it, it was a pretty cool introduction to the game, and ever since then, uh, I've had my watch AFL subscription and a bit of Collingwood and they don't hate me Collingwood uh, <laughs> member uh, since then. <laughs> yeah. So he was at a Richmond Hawthorne game. So he wouldn't have had to go far to find some bogans to, to show him <laughs> the way. Um, but so when have you started playing the game um, and what position do you play? Um, so I only got involved with uh, Richmond. I mean, it's a new club, and I don't even remember how I hooked up with Darren. It was it was something on Facebook. I think I was just putting around uh, on uh, social media and saw that there was a Richmond Footy Club, and I, I think I sent him over a message. So I've been the uh, vice president of uh, football operations for the past year, um, and only been playing here for for the for about a year. Um, but I've had uh, a Sharon in my possession since I left Australia and I, I've roped a few people in when I was down in new Orleans to have a kick and kind of show them, show them the game. Um, but really only formally playing for the past year. Yeah. Very nice. How about yourself, Darren? How long have you been playing for? Well, I'm by no means a, uh, 
an expert or former great in any in any sense. I um, have followed footy since I was young. Um, played some footy when I was back in back in the tail end of primary and beginning of high school, but have been distracted through other sports over the years. Um, career and, and travel and whatnot has, has kind of kept me from being involved in a, in a club. But I came to the US in 2005 and um, as I said, it became a permanent thing and, and I have got settled in here, got married fairly soon after I was here um, and uh, we had a, a, a daughter a um, couple of years after that and we um, have been very involved in the family life. So all these things going on in life, we finally got to a phase where I can actually have some spare time and, and look for a bit more social outlet. Richmond City is not a place that you would call an expat um, metropolis or uh, a place where there's a lot of Aussies. And so that meant that we would have had to travel up to DC or down to North Carolina or a couple of hours at least in, in any direction before we'd find a, an Australian footy club somewhere where there was anyone to have a kick. So we decided to, uh, to go ahead and try to start something off here and to connect up with folks like Ian and, and other, other Americans who'd either been exposed to the sport or um, who had interest in learning the sport, you know, an interest in, in maybe getting out and trying something different. And so this is a long way of answering your question. I haven't done a lot of footy. Most of my football games that I've played have been in the last two years here in the US. Um, yeah, that's a long way to get to the, to the end. <laughs> nah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So we know that Ian, unfortunately, goes for Collingwood. How about yourself, Darren? Am I right to assume possibly a Brisbane Lions man? What would give you that idea? Oh, just just a hunch. Just I've got yeah. six cents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're quite a perceptive man. I... Uh, <laughs> I'm from Brizzy originally. Um, now you could probably tell I'm of a vintage that meant that I got into football before the Brisbane Lions were actually a living thing. And uh, when I was introduced to the sport back in, in you know, primary school, uh, a mate of mine who was actually just moved up from Tassie introduced me. He was a, uh, an Essendon fan. And uh, he said, well, who are you going to support? And I said, well, who, who don't like Essendon? And so I ended up supporting Hawthorne for a couple of seasons, um, you know, at the peak of the, the Hawthorne uh, Bombers Wars, I guess, back in the, back in the 80s. And, um, but when, when a team finally did get settled up into Queensland, I, I, I got a bit more... Uh, a bit more of a hard attach, attachment to the local club and have, have tried to follow them since. Yeah, so have you got a favourite player of all time for the Lions and then Ian for the for the Pies for you? I would throw my mind back to the um, the height of the, the Lions powers back in the, the three-peat era. Um, I mean, Vossi was, a, was a, an excellent general and... and um, and it moved well around the field. Uh, it, it, a lot of respect for him. Acker was was a fellow who uh, a lot of flair, had a lot of mouth, um, a, a lot of confidence, but he pulled off some pretty amazing stuff. Um, I mean, those 
guys come to mind straight away. Lepich, I mean, geez, there's, there's so many to, to, to pull on from Lynch, um, the guys from back in that era. Um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some uh, when you when you're winning three in a row. There's uh, you got to have some great players. So there's pr- plenty to choose from. Brownie, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a great players other elseways that I can remember from earlier times. Uh, Michael Tuck, um, Matthews back when he was running around the park. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to nail down to one player. I, I just, uh, yeah, but there's so many good guys to, to choose from in, in the recent era. Uh, what about you, Ian? Who's, who's become the favourite Collingwood player? Well, so I was down in Australia about 08, 09, uh, left before the, uh, the premiership season in 2010. But um, the player that's kind of been with me since I found footy was uh, Scott Pendlebury. So big Pendles fan. Um, but from the, from like the 08, 09 vintage, I love, I love me some Alan Didak and uh, I, I like uh, Nick Maxwell when he was the skipper back then. So I, I like those guys. And as someone who's a little bit on the shorter side myself, uh, Neon Leon Davis was was a always fun to watch for me as well. Yeah, some some mate, plenty of highlights out of uh, Neon Leon, that's for sure. And and just curiosity, your first game was a Richmond Hawthorne oh, yeah, game. From the boundary. Yeah, well, you you went your first game you went to was Richmond Hawthorne. You were staying in Geelong. What made you pick Collingwood to go for? Yeah, so that's great, great question. The first game I saw was Richmond Hawthorne. And um, then, so I was working for Geelong Grammar off, off on their uh, Timbertop campus out in the bush. And um, when people found out I was getting interested in footy, I didn't want to be a homer. And Geelong was, was doing pretty hot then. I think they were top two, three in the ladder with uh, Ablett uh, running around and Selwood and them. And um, I didn't want to be a homer. And I didn't want to pick a top dog at the time because I didn't want to just come in and be a front runner. You had Buddy with the with Hawthorne and whatnot. And so I had all the other teachers that were with me in my ear telling me who to barrack for. And um, the thing that caught me, I mentioned this earlier, I'm from Massachusetts. And um, one of the guys told me that Collingwood had never changed their jumper uh, for their Guernsey for uh, the first, what, I guess, 80, 90, 100 years of their existence. And the kind of tradition spoke to me. And they were, I think, about eighth in the ladder, fighting for a spot in the finals. And I just picked a, picked someone that uh, I wanted to kind of watch go and fight, fight for a spot, I guess. And from then from then on, I've had uh, my heart broken and I've had some good moments as well. But oh, never really uh, thought of anybody else besides the pies. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of uh, Robert Kraft about uh, Eddie Maguire as well, the president of the... <laughs> The, the dictator at the top of the club, I guess. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say something about he likes massages. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you were going on, Rifty. <laughs> no, who knows? Eddie, Eddie does love a good massage. I think, didn't he get um, fined for, for going somewhere for a COVID oh, breach? Who knows? And personally, I really couldn't care less. <laughs> um, all right. So the club's only, you know, a couple of years into its history. Uh, how... Um, how difficult has it been to sort of get the club up and running and, and what have the challenges been for you guys so far? Well, in a word, COVID, that's been the biggest challenge. Uh, not the, in retrospect, they, they say retros, uh, 
hindsight is 2020. Um, yeah, looking back over 2020, it's not been the best time to be trying to launch a team. We were um, just starting to get a little momentum through 2019 um, in terms of just getting getting a core group along to training and to uh, and to connecting up with with games with other clubs in the in the region. Um, and start of this year, our, our numbers at training were, were sort of jumping, almost double. They went from like six to twelve. It was uh, fantastic. We're really at an early stage, you know, and we we were happy to be making contacts with people every couple of weeks and, and adding one or two to the group. Um, as I say, it's not a big expat area, so we're really dealing with with the, the you know the, the local. American community to uh, to recruit into this, and there's a lot of education that goes with that. Firstly, it's not rugby; that was the first thing that we need to teach the, the locals. Um, and then moving on to um, you know to introducing some of these rules that are so very different to the, the sports that they're used to. Those things have been challenging, but not insurmountable. But the fact that we haven't actually been able to get out and kick the ball around or face-to-face -face with folks um, has really meant we've had to sort of rely on to trying to develop networks and build community online using social media where we can and and, um, and um, just thinking outside the box to try to build a core of people that when when we get the green light to be back out and in, in uh, groups bigger than 10 or 25 or whatever um, that we're ready to go with with some sort of um, anticipation and enthusiasm and, and uh, uh, core numbers. Yeah, we definitely don't feel um, we feel sorry for every club that's trying to get really get going and COVID has struck at such a, a mm. poor time for them. So obviously the lines were chosen because of the fact that you are a line supporter. Was there any part of you that maybe thought the Tigers, just because of purely the name and could have been an easy way to uh, get yourself in Google searches and all that type of stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, um, it's been a good way to cause some conversation, that's for sure. We have a few people offering that opinion from time to time. Uh, some of us, uh, some, some of the opinions we get are uh, a little irritated that we, how dare we not be the Tigers. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, the, the, the one thing that that stood against us doing that is the fact that one of our two nearest clubs, um, the North Carolina team based in Raleigh, North Carolina, is the North Carolina Tigers. And they're one of the, if not one of the original teams in the US AFL, they are one of the early teams. They've been around for a good, a good period of time. So they've well and truly got that, uh, got that stamp and it would have, Cause more grief than uh, than it would have helped. Personally, I quite like the fact that you went with the lions because it's both you know both in the jungle. They're both the you know the cat family. But um, if you had to went with Richmond Tigers, as uh, we've just found out, that could have caused a bit of legal issues with the AFL with the uh, rights and the naming rights. Is that right? Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, there was, a, there, there was actually um, one. One thing that would have been an attractive um, reason for us to have gone that route if it had been available 
and that's the fact that the uh, the president of the uh, of the Richmond Tigers is an American. Uh, Peggy actually went to the University of Virginia, wow. our home state, um, and so. So that in itself, I mean, that kind of strikes at the heart a little bit. It would have been really nice to try to establish a relationship around that. And actually early on when there was talk online and in social media and stuff about what name we should go with and we were covering this ground, we said, well, maybe as a compromise, we can look to our women's team when we get it started. Maybe we can call it the uh, RVA Peggies in her honour or something to that effect. (laughs) Whether or not that happens, I don't know. It's a fun idea. So, as you said, you've, yeah, you're a new club. You've only just started up. We've spoken to quite a few new clubs sort of in your area, and we've learned that um, Kraz out of Atlanta and Rome has been a very big help for new teams starting up in the area, or even outside of the region. Has he helped you in what you need to do to get set up and all that type of stuff? Kraz is a... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, yeah. I bought this footy from Kraz. He's the <laughs> importer of all that stuff. And he, like, when, as soon as I got involved, he was kind of the prime, one of the primary contacts that um, I've had. And he's been a tremendous uh, support resource, I know, for Darren, but also just anything we need. Um, he, he's always available for that. So he's a, he's a really good bloke and um, does a lot for the, for the community, for sure. A little bit further backstory on that. I'm sure you're probably aware that Kraz is behind a, uh, a website called the U- U.S. Footy News, uh, Facebook, um, and, and so forth, that, where he's been for some time helping to spread the word of other clubs and just the general activity around football in the U.S. Um, I connected with him some years ago, actually, when we did a, um, a Down Under Festival down in Atlanta, and there was a football presence there and uh, I was there more from an organizing perspective. And so we've known each other for some time, but um, Kraz is um, through the U S footy news, did a series of podcasts. Um, I think through 20, 2019 and early 2020. And we, you know, I went on uh, the podcast with him in the early, earlier, earliest pre COVID stages of our club. And, and that helped get the word out. Also, Kraz um, has been instrumental in drawing together a uh, sort of a collaborative uh, um, support network of folks under the banner of 45,000. And uh, we're working together to try to reach out to other, cl- other individuals in similar situations to, to us here in, in RBA, um, trying to get a club started, but also to be available to folks in remote places that are nowhere near established clubs that might just be looking for another another person to have a kick to kick with, or maybe they want to get something started in the local school, or maybe maybe they just want to get together and uh, find other people interested in footy to watch have watch parties for the AFL. So we're working together with Kraz um, actively to uh, to to build that forty five thousand network. Uh, and the 5,000 comes into play because we're looking to, as a primary goal to try to increase the active participants in Aussie rules in the US to over 5,000 participants, be it players or um, administrators, coaches, umpires, supporters, you know, 
and start with that and then continue to build the, the grassroots uh, and the broader community that that is necessary to uh, help the USAFL be successful as a league nationally. You know, we want to we want to do what we can to support the AFL bringing the game to the US and the USAFL being a uh, being an, an instrument in, in making that a formalized thing, taking it to schools, taking it to colleges, all of that. So yeah, Kras has been very inspirational in, in leading that and um, and helpful to us personally, big time. Actually, I might add the first um, the first events that we went to from the RVA, as in the USAFL regionals, and then the USAFL nationals. Uh, I had opportunity to actually play for Kras's team, uh, the RVA, sorry, the Atlanta Cookers at the Eastern Regionals last year. And then um, in the Nationals, uh, we joined in with another um, combined team to play against the Cookers uh, in the National uh, Division Four. So that was uh, was good fun to meet him across the the field as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, we've heard a lot about Jacksonville Saints, Birmingham, Bush Rangers who are a new team coming in. Uh, Joel spoke very, very highly of him. We spoke to him I think we spoke, we spoke to Kraz very early days to do this, this podcast. We didn't quite actually understand the reach and the importance he held within the USAFL and how many people looked up to him. So it's, And the 45,000 I uh, got rifty across that the other week, and it's an incredible thing. Well, he sort of knew about it because Kraz did allude to it when we mm-hmm. spoke to him. But yeah, it's a fantastic thing that um, Kraz and yourself are doing to try and get the game grown over there. But That's a pretty new initiative, too. So yeah. We're just kind of building that from, from, from the grassroots to support the grassroots, yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be, um, especially sort of once you, the America get through COVID and you've got people wanting to get out and about, it definitely will be a good thing, I'm hoping. So, yeah, most a lot of clubs, when they choose their name, they just sort of go for the standard logo that the AFL club have. Obviously, as you can see behind you, the RVA Lions logo is a bit different. Where did the inspiration from that logo come from? You know, uh, I can't take responsibility for the logo. Our um, our founding vice president, who's our secretary now, um, Phil Cooper, he, uh, he actually managed to source the logo for us. Uh, his daughter is a professional in the in the uh, creative fields, digital fields. So between them, they kind of worked that out. And I mean, as soon as they showed it to me, I was, I was impressed with it. It was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just a resting lion. It was a hungry lion. And, um, and we're hungry for players. We're hungry for, you know, ultimately success, but we, we're, we're hungry to, to create a community most importantly. And that's, that's sort of been the focus um, from from the very outset, that you know, we're we're looking to to build the community, um, build our pride, as it were, of of lines that, that are able to community uh, to come together and support one another on a broader base than just Aussie Rules footy. You know, supporting sport and supporting each other, uh, with obviously Aussie Rules being a very important uh, core piece of that. Yeah, well, it's uh, throughout the, all the chats we've had, you know, 
We've spoken to clubs that have been going for 20 odd years over in the U S and, you know, one of the most important things has been those communities that they've had to rely on together and it's helped them get through these times. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, on the, you know, the other side of all this COVID stuff, um, you know, with footy getting a bit more exposure over there, it helps you guys build your community up there as well with the, you know, luckily that the U S, um, broadcasters and stuff have taken advantage of, of all the sports being shut down and AFL was, it was, you know, was able to spread its wings a bit more over there, which, you know, had COVID not happened, that, that, that wouldn't have happened at all. So hopefully they, the AFL continues to build on that and that, uh, you know, will help you guys and all the other clubs, uh, and, and, you know, crashes an initiative of the U S, uh, 45,000 helps uh, build all the player numbers up. Um, but so how many players do you have and how are you going about doing your recruiting? Yeah, we got um, Darren. Yeah. I think he could, he could recruit a nun to a bra. Oh, <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, we lost you there for a bit, Ian. You froze on us. So. Uh, my bad. Yeah, I was saying Darren keeps a, keeps a whiteboard around in his office, and uh, he's been a tremendous evangelist. I think he's got probably about 40 to 50 people um, that he's made contact with um, that, that are, are looking to get involved once once we can you know, kind of resume meeting him in public. But um, he's, he's such a community guy. He has a big foot in the running community here which um, has been kind of a primary source material for recruiting uh, locally, getting people who are fit and could make it up and down the pitch anyway. But uh, he has a, he's really someone who can rally and, and bring a community together. He's done a phenomenal job of, of getting interest. And like you said, with all the games on Fox sports and Fox sports one, uh, we can only assume that more people kind of got, got a taste of what footy can be. And I'm uh, looking to really launch back into it once we can get everybody together. Yeah, nice. And so you have mentioned a few times sort of, you know, once you can get back out there. So what are the, you know, restrictions you're stuck with at the moment? How's, how are things looking for you guys? Um, Virginia right now, I think, is back down to no gatherings larger than 25. Um, social gatherings. I mean, just, just the... No one's really chomping at the bit either to, to come together and congregate at the moment. And we're also about to jump headfirst into winter here. So it's been in the 20s and 30s uh, Fahrenheit. So we're down around zero Celsius for the next two months or so. Anyway, uh, we don't get a ton of snow, but it, it'll, it'll get pretty cold. So our season really will pick up come end February, early March, um, which is hopefully when things will be getting back to normal here anyway. Yeah, so as long as everyone just goes hibernates for the winter, you guys will be right. You'll be all COVID free and ready to go. If only it was that simple. Just doing our push-ups and burpees and whatnot to uh, keep some off pre-season fitness going, uh, I guess, is a, is a goal. Yeah, and with uh, Darren recruiting runners to the team, I'm sure you'll have a fit team ready to go once – you just have to teach them all how to kick and it'll be the complete opposite of our team, mate. We'll, 
we all know how to kick is just oh gee that's a big call we're just we're not we're not running any marathons it's a big call to say we all know how to kick the majority of us all right darren just did his first marathon actually if if i'm correct in saying that was your first one darren and he he runs 10ks 5ks in richmond carrying his footy he runs with it under his arm no 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 joke he he runs he runs his uh street races with a football in his hand to kind of promote the RVA Lions. So he, he doesn't leave home without it, even on his runs. I have seen photos of that on, on the socials. And yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one way to draw people, the fact you're running in a Brisbane Lions jumper and then you've got the footy on your arm. You know, if I didn't know what was going on, if I was Australian and I was across the I'd be like, holy shit, that's... Well, that compared to you know an American that has absolutely zero idea what's going on, even more confused because this, um the uniforms are sleeveless, which is obviously, unless you're basketball, uh, unusual across in America. Yeah, I'm getting some interesting reactions. Um, folks are yelling out, oh, how's the rugby? And it's like, it's not rugby. <laughs> uh, but it gets the conversation started, you know, and um, and then, then they sort of relent and they go, oh, it's Mr. Football. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you about it. But it's been a great way to break the ice um, to get people talking about football whatever form that might take and then to then to start explaining it's different and why is it different and how it's so much better um and folks are kind of getting interested and and sort of through this little campaign we started the hashtag or or adopted the hashtag running with balls so that's sort of been uh, part of that little marketing campaign so what's Aussie Aussie rules. Well, it's football, but it's it's basically running with balls. Okay, we run with balls, we kick the balls. So um, you're talking about what we need to do to get started. We've got the the running part covered. We need to either teach them to kick or, or teach them to bounce the ball. Maybe we'll be doing a lot of bouncing down the field if we're sufficiently quick. But um, it, yeah, it's been a good inroad into into connecting with the uh, the community of of uh, fitness. And health-oriented folks, and that's kind of that's our key target market right now. Um, connect with folks there, and then uh, see how many want to take the journey with us into a an obscure sport for many of them. Obscure is definitely the right word for our our, our game. But um... although COVID has helped us out big time this year, it's been a blessing in that respect uh, because we've had ESPN and, and Fox covering all the games, which is pretty much unheard of over here. You know, they might be on it at 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning, typically, but at least they're getting covered here. And um, that's given us something to talk about in social media. And it's also um, given us something to also point people across to watch AFL and to club memberships to be able to watch it at more reasonable times. So uh, I guess we have to take our lumps with our... Uh, you know, with, our, with the gifts that that's given us. So you need you need ESPN to just start playing some reruns of games when they're rescheduling all these NFL games and they're all getting cancelled due to COVID. You just, they start playing some uh, grand finals reruns or something, you'd be right. That's right. Rather than playing darts or cornhole or arm wrestling or something, you know, they've been throwing all sorts of stuff on early on in COVID. Oh, you don't want to mess with those communities. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure enough. Uh, I mean, I think I took the advantage this year of being home so much. I think I watched 
about 80 to 90 percent of all the matches rounds one through whatever 17 that that they actually got off this year i think i probably watched 130 footy matches <laughs> um so it definitely had the opportunity um due to covid and pat mcafee has been a good evangelist in the states uh talking about footy and having some some uh professionals on his show uh, he's taken a liking to it so that's definitely a re- increased awareness as well are you guys familiar with pat mcafee and his work yeah yeah really early on he was he was getting right into it which was great and uh, we saw that triple m you know with eddie mcguire they got got in touch and they sent him stuff collingwood stuff unfortunately as well so um but yeah it was, it was great to see a guy like him with his uh you know podcast profile getting involved in it and, and you know sharing a bit about it hopefully um continues that on into the new season and stuff and he, he keeps keeps going a bit with it yeah as a former punter he's got a massive leg um he can really punt the ball um he, i think he used to be with the indiana colts um but uh yeah there's a lot of people rooting for him to get involved as a you know a post-professional athlete to come out and actually play some games uh, fingers crossed that he uh, can fit some time into his media schedule to do that that would Certainly help us along. I'm pretty sure at the moment he's uh, dipped his toe to professional wrestling, hasn't he? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. I just know he's on. I've only just seen a bit of social media stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. That uh, changed quickly. <laughs> Obviously, bigger paycheck coming from WWE to uh, jump on that one. But True enough. When, you know, before COVID hit, you know, whereabouts were you training and getting to play the games you got to play? So just out of convenience, I mean, there's a, um, a, an old school just a few blocks from, uh, from where I live, which is very central in Richmond. Um, it's actually been converted into a, a medical centre and whatnot now, but there's a, a sporting fields are still being kept there for public use. So we just went down there. It's, it's not a full-size space. It's more like a, the size of a soccer field that, that's partially used for a... Uh, baseball diamond uh, but it's grass none of us are massive kicks so it's uh, it's far enough for us to do some kick to kick and and uh, not too far that we're gonna um, cough up a lung because we ran too far um, but as we get fitter and better it, it does prove a bit of a problem I think that's a common story across the US finding fields that are big enough to play a full-size game um, for now, we're just we're just making do with that and um, looking to try to establish some um, local uh, social metro co-ed kind of um, competitions, sort of a touch flag style uh, competition to to get some of the the local guys and girls involved and in learning the, the sport a little bit more. Yeah. So. Besides, um, you know, that sort of thing, have, did you have m- many opportunities to do anything socially as a, as a group before, again, before COVID shut everything down? Were, were you, did you have any functions together as a group, anything like that? We've had, uh, we had a, a, a watch party uh, for the, the grand final, small one, but I mean, that goes with, with saying we were just starting, so we're, we're building up. Um, at one of the local English pubs, um, they were kind enough to get behind us. That was uh, 
that was that was good. I mean, watching watching it at uh, you know one two o'clock in the morning, and then only one of the teams showed up to the grand final. That was a, a bit of a shame, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it, was, it was good to see Richmond uh, coming out on that one. It's good to good to be cheering for Richmond, even though they, they didn't have lines behind their name. And then uh, and then this year we uh, we had a we did have a bit of a, a small backyard um, um, it was like a replay, I guess, um, because uh, the, the the timing of the grand final going to a night game in Australia made it untenable to be able to do a, a, a watch party here with certainly with any, any drinks involved. Uh, so that's been good. One thing I will mention though, in terms of getting the, the, the club started, that's right at the outset has been our biggest event so far. In that uh, the beginning of 2019, we decided we were gonna start the, the club off with a, an exhibition tournament. We're positioned kind of between a few clubs that are not close, but not too far away in that the, two, the, the DC Eagles are two hours to our north. The North Carolina Tigers are two and a half hours to our south. The um, Baltimore Dockers are you know, another about three hours off to the northeast. So we invited those guys to all come to Richmond to do a, an exhibition tournament to show the greater Richmond region what Australian football looks like and to uh, be able to bring some opportunity for, for the those who are already gathered to have a chance to jump into some real games and to get a feel for it and hopefully catch the bug. So we, um, in April 2019, we had the first to, to be annual Mid-Atlantic Cup um, as a season opener. And we had planned and we were ready to, to do that again in 2020, but COVID hit like a week before that was our second annual event was to happen and that shut us down. Um, but the, the, the first one that we had was, was an outstanding success in that we had the three teams from the, from the neighboring regions coming, neighboring states coming in. Uh, we probably had a hundred to 200 people, I guess, come to that. It was hard to get an account on it, but, um, through the course of a whole day, we, we had several games. We had some, some, uh, um, men's games and we also had a, a exhibition women's game and um, and the trophies actually just sitting off to my left here are the, the trophies for the Mid-Atlantic Cup. This one currently has the, the Baltimore Dockers as the reigning champions and then the, the trophy beside it is the one that's uh, ready to go for when we have our first women's Mid-Atlantic Cup event happening. That was sponsored by one of the local breweries which Richmond is really well known for. There's uh, a lot of microbreweries in this area that the, the, the beer trail is uh, certainly nationally um, nationally renowned. It's developed over the last few years. And uh, one of the local breweries by the name of Hardywood uh, sponsored our, our, our Mid-Atlantic Cup, um, sponsored the trophies. An interesting backstory is that the guys that formed Mid-Atlantic, the, the uh, Hardywood Brewery actually formed it and named it after an Australian sheep farm, um, where they were, the, where they were actually um, 
they're, they're actually at the the sheep station uh, in I think New South Wales when they decided to create the brewery uh, and named their, their their brewery after it. Anyway, those guys got on board real early, and we really appreciate the support that they've given us a fledgling club with uh, an obscure emerging sport. Oh, it's uh, always nice to get sponsors nice and early in your time. And it was good that they had a little connection back to Australia already with their the name that makes it, you know, ties it all in nicely to have a, you know, microbrewery yeah. in Richmond, Virginia, that's got a, you know, a little tie back to Australia sponsoring an Aussie rules team. It's nice. They've got some Aussie murals on the inside of their, uh, one of their campuses, one of their breweries here. Um, of that that original Aussie uh, sheep station, you know, with the with the, the scenery that we would normally have to get on a, a Qantas plane to come and see. It's nice to just wander down there and have a little quiet tear as you sip on the, the Hardywood Lager. Yeah, nice. So what's 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 their best? What's their best drop? They've they've got a, a great range. Of beers that they actually cycle through. Um, they do a lot of seasonal stuff and, and constantly doing new releases, short runs. Uh, I mean, the, the Richmond Richmond Lager is is sort of their, I, I guess their their most most uh, common or name brand. Um, I think the the Hollywood. Sorry, go ahead. Pilsner won a gold medal in the Great American Beer Festival a number of years back. Their uh, gingerbread stout is pretty well known across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out some some good stuff, some good classic styles, and some good fun ones as well, uh, for sure. They've got an an, uh, an Indian pale ale that they call uh, Vipa, V-I-P-P-A, I guess. Uh, it's a it's a, a good drop as well, and they've got some very really nice barrel aged. Um, barrel-aged stuff too if you like your darker beers so have they, have they got their own take on a, a vb yet uh, yeah you just know, to, to really get the aussie flair going they had an esb a few years back like a you know, just like a, a traditional english bitter uh that they released like in a few years ago anyway that was pretty good Yeah. I'm not sure they've got one that they've tagged as as the alternate VB, but uh, they, they've got a, quite a range of stuff, and they've also gone into some some of the light fruitier stuff as well, uh, uh, alcoholic seltzers on the side. So that's uh, that's some good stuff to watch that I think they're sending to the export market. Yeah, nice. All right, well, now it's time for our favourite part. We want you to throw some some of your teammates under the bus before we get into that rifty. I've just realised that on the run show I've given you, there's not something. There's something I've missed on there. Okay. We need to thank Darren. Do you think you know where I'm going with this one now? No. No, you still don't know. All right. Well, Darren, you are uh, the admin of a page on Facebook, group on Facebook, the Australian Football in the USA. USA. Um, you've been over the last handful of weeks resharing stuff that I'm not going to lie to you. I actually completely forgot that we recorded them episodes. It was. One the other day, I think it was Denver. I'm like, when the hell did we do Denver? Oh, that's right. But about three, six, well, six months ago. So I just want to thank you for resharing the stuff that I completely forgot we'd done back in the day. And what made you sort of want to create that page? And you know, just it was just another group for people in America to get on and chat about footy in their own competition. Or what? 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 What was it? Well, thanks for mentioning it. Um, yeah, the. 
I guess the the inspiration for this has sort of been brewing for a while. Um, in that when I when I came to the US, it was initially just going to be a temporary thing, and I came with a tourist mindset, and I was here to meet new people and do new things, and then maybe off to Europe and back to Australia or something like that. But uh, my mindset changed early, obviously, when I met my wife and, and um, it became obvious that, that we were staying the, staying the distance here. I suddenly felt a bit of a pang of um, wanting to stay connected with, with, with Aussies and with the things that make Aussies Aussie, you know, and, and to, to be able to stay in touch um, uh, you know, with those things that, that, that were important, you know, from growing up and, and all the rest and with regular news and things that was going on in, in Australia that, that maybe wouldn't ordinarily reach far fine places like this. Um, at that point in time, uh, we started up a network for Australians in the US, initially Australians in Virginia, Australians, it grew to Australians in the US and it's grown to becoming known as a network called Aussies International. That was bringing together a platform for people to be able to maybe share things like what they were doing in business or what they were doing in, in, um, in sport, you know, be it Aussie football or be it netball or be it cricket or be it other things that, that sort of are part of the Aussie makeup. That's been developing over like 15 years. A little bit of a digression from, from the actual group you mentioned right now, but it, it's part of, the, part of the answer is we want to be able to use the networks that we've created socially to help spread the word of, um, of Aussie football and the communities that support it. Uh, so it became obvious that these particular groups were very focused on Australians, but in creating success for Australian football and for, and for other sports and enterprises, it would really need to embrace a wider community. And so we thought, well, hey, let's, let's start, spin off this network that's going over here. Let's spin off a group that's not part of that network, but it overlaps it and it, it embraces it that is going to focus specifically on footy and try to bring in as much of the footy community, bring in as much of the Aussie expat community and bring in as much of the general non-Aussie you know, American community or, or wherever people are from into, into, into that group um, to support Aussie rules in the USA. So th that kind of bubbled up a little bit pre the 45,000, but it became obvious it had very similar goals. Um, so th this this Facebook group is now part of the part of the collaboration that, that is forty five thousand to bring in folks who've maybe tuned into ESPN or Pat McAfee or Fox Footy or or Eddie McGuire in his um, serious radio program in the states here or, or whatever to try to bring them together to say hey let's talk about let's talk about this sport that we're all beginning to to learn about and to love and that we want to play or we just want to watch. Um, and it's trying to, to create that community network across the country uh, so that somebody in, in Tucson, Arizona can say, hey, I need to find someone to have a kick with because I've got a football, but I've only got one, one foot to kick it with. So 
you know, does anybody else out there have friends that might want to, you know, want to uh, kick a football in Arizona? Uh, you know, that's a that's a, a real story where we've just in the last few week last week or so, I think, brought together a half a dozen guys talking about getting together to kick a football in a town that doesn't have a football team. So, um, yeah, I probably raved on a little bit beyond the scope of the original question, but, you know, I'm prone to doing that. Uh, did I get to the heart of what you're asking is the question at Dog. Yeah, no, I think you definitely covered it and covered a lot more, which is always we, – we do enjoy when we get a lot more covered in just the question that we ask because it's good. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You, know, you said, you know, you connected a camp for blokes from a town that didn't have footy by that page. That's just, that's what we like to see when we chat to people is that the game of footy being, people being brought together from outside of areas that don't even have a team just yet. And you never know in a handful of years, they might get the, the bug that you did and start their own team. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole point of that 45,000, to get the 5,000 people involved and you've got this new team starting up in parts of the world that, you never thought you were going to see him start. So yep. it's, fan it's fantastic. But now, Rifty, mate, you can uh, get on to your favourite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We, this, this what, what we want to see is dirt on teammates. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we want you to throw some teammates under the bus and we'll uh, we'll start with Ian first and then Darren and hopefully you throw each other under the bus for at least one of them. But uh, <laughs> what do you got first, that dog? All right. Who at the uh, the lines would you say is the class clown? Well, uh, Darren. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> I'm gonna get mentioned a lot. I think. You you are uh, you just gonna take that one, Darren, or are you gonna throw somebody else under the bus for that? You know, um, one of the funny things with with our club. It, you know, with it being so new and with all the interruptions that's been going on is not everybody knows each other yet and not everyone is comfortable with everyone else yet to be able to show their real side. So I'm actually going to mention a guy by the name of Nathan Wheeler. Um, Ian's not mentioned, not met him yet. Um, he's played a couple of games with us last year and uh, uh, he likes to get on and, and make some uh, creative uh, YouTube videos and, Likes to do a bit of rap and music and whatnot. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely the clown. I'm looking forward to that side of him coming out in front of the broader group because uh, he's a uh, pretty entertaining. Nice. One to watch for you, Ian. There you go. He's a, yeah, he'll know as soon as they um, start showing his true self that he's now comfortable with the group and you can... Uh... Yeah. It's a very common thing at footy clubs, yeah. How many blokes have we met in our time? Like, geez, he's a very, very quiet person. And then a couple of months later, you're like, oh, I wish this guy never rocked up to our club. He is just, he doesn't, he doesn't shut up. How about, and well, a few of these blokes in our time, Rifty, like that, the party animal. Who's the party animal at the club? Have you got in? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I used to be, but I've, I've since hung up my partying boots. I, I got a little too good at it back in the day. <laughs> I lived in New Orleans for, for a minute, and I don't know if I would have survived if I, if I didn't leave, but um, I definitely wore that hat for a long time in my life. <laughs> I would say I was at the height of my powers about 30 years ago, but I'm looking forward to us getting a boat 
uh, a boat team together sometime soon. Get some boat races happening at uh, at the the next Mid Atlantic Cup, perhaps. Yeah, um, he might have to come out of retirement for that one and uh, let let the inner party animal loose. There we go. Um, all right, who's who's the guy that just takes the game far too serious? I don't know. Maybe uh, we were just talking about a fellow by the name of Sean who, who uh, kind of get, gets his, his head a little too deep into it and um, might need to t- hit pump the brakes a little bit sometimes. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Sean's our director of coaching and he, um, he has a background in Gaelic football as well as having played and trained with a couple of other um, USAFL clubs in the last few years as he's moved around the country. So, um, yeah, I think for us, we've got a lot of newbies that are kind of coming across the, the, uh, the front step. Um, so it makes it hard to take it too seriously when you're not sure of the way the game runs, but Sean, I think has got the advantage of of more experience and understanding of the, the structure and flow. So yeah, that probably puts him in the, in the box seat for that one. Nice. All right. Um, so probably you haven't really gone on any trips away yet, have you? So that you we had club? we had nationals, but it was a very small travel down to uh, Sarasota, Florida. Right. So we won't worry about that one. What about nicknames? Has anyone at the club got a good nickname or a good story behind why they've got that nickname? No, I, I think, like Aaron said earlier, I don't think we've gotten to that stage yet. But I'm a big fan of. Uh, Darren being our, 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 our Daza. Self-named too. Well, that, that kind of followed me. It's, a, it's a kind of a part of growing up in Australia with the name. It sticks. Um, yeah. I'll go back to Sean again. Actually, Sean, at Nationals, we, uh, we started uh, referring to him as, uh, as P. Diddy. He's, um, yeah, so it's Sean P. Coyle, but, you know, well, P. Diddy works much better, I think. I like that. I do like that. Yeah. There's a yeah. couple of fans of, of rap that I'll be do like that one a lot, actually. It's quite good. Yeah. Daz, Daz is just uh, you standard. Know, standard. I don't think I've ever called a Darren Darren without calling him Dazza. So that's, you know, but a P. Diddy, that's not. It's good. A little creative. Um, but yeah, thanks heaps for joining us, guys. We do appreciate you taking the time. Um, best of luck with getting through winter and, um, you know, getting to the other side of this COVID stuff. And hopefully you're, uh, like we've said, you come out of it with, uh, more people raring to go and raring to kick a footy and, um, you're, you're able to get that mid Atlantic cup going next year. And, and, um, that's the sort of kickoff for a good season for next year. We, we, Pray that that's from your your lips to God's ears, my friend. That's uh, exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for your time. We really appreciate again what you're doing for us um, as a sport, as well as what you're doing for us as individual um, you know, local clubs. It's, uh, it's a real godsend at this time. To and it's good for the uh, good for the uh, general uh, 
mental balance to be able to talk to folks about uh, stuff that's important to you. And uh, we really appreciate you guys stepping into the breach and getting this fantastic series of podcasts going at, at, the, at the most necessary time. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I think it's helped our mental health more than anything. We've uh, been able to talk footy and learn about footy getting played all around the world, something that we had uh, a, a fraction of the idea of what we have now, and it's uh, we're learning new stuff every day. So, um, yeah, thanks again, guys. All the best with everything, and uh, good luck for season 2021. And the same to the Cobras. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.